I'm Jana, the little sister. And I'm Jeff, her big brother. Welcome to Sibling Rivalry, a podcast about our favorite sport, baseball. This week on Sibling Rivalry Baseball, cautious optimism. And MLB.com steals from us. Now a quick look at the SRBB headline. The National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum has reopened. The museum will issue time tickets on a first-come, first-served basis. Twitter reviews of Globe Life Field, the Texas Rangers' new stadium, are less than complimentary. The Dodgers are named the Sports Humanitarian Team of the Year at the annual ESPY Awards. The Dodgers and Yankees are favorites to meet in the 2020 World Series. Andrew Tolles, Dodgers outfielder, was arrested after he was found sleeping behind the Key West airport and refused to leave. Tolles did not play in 2019 due to a personal matter and is presumed to be homeless. And the Angels signed their number one draft pick, Reed Detmers. They have now signed all four of their 2020 picks. Find these and past headlines at SiblingRivalryBB.com. Remember to rate, subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. After contentious negotiations that went absolutely nowhere, Rob Manfred instituted a 60-game schedule. The MLB and MLBPA have just shy of speeding off of a cliff into oblivion, agreed to other details to actually start a 2020 season. There are still some contract issues to work through, but if all goes well, opening day should be July 23rd. So just over a third of a schedule. Is that a real season? or just simply a diversion. Seems more like a question than an exclamation when we say, it's back. Before we dive into the framework of this whole 2020 distraction, I mean season, we need to report a crime. On June 24th, MLB.com, I should be doing this like Dragnet. I should be like (laughs) Joe Friday. Yes. They posted an article by Sarah Langs on Twitter. She's at Slangs on Sports. The article talked about potential milestones that could be achieved this or next season. And if you remember, on episode nine, Herman Long and his claim to fame, which came out on May 21st, a full month before Sarah's article came out, we did the exact same thing. Now, we must decide. Do we call our attorneys Dumbass and McPhail and have them go after Sarah and MLB.com? Wait, 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 wait. Let's not get too crazy. We don't want to get into legal fees, do we, and go down that road? I think we've got to go after them for stealing our intellectual property. Well, I could see that, but let's take a step back, take a breath, and say, obviously, Sarah Langs is a big fan of Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Next time, give us a shout out. Say we're contributing and tell your friends. That's Share what we want. where you're getting your information. Yes. Come on, Sarah. Just a little shout out. You can go on Twitter at Sibling Rivalry BB without the A. Tell everybody where you got your information from. All right. I, I guess we could be nice about it this time. This time. Watch out. Dumbass and McPhail will be coming for you. Oh, by the way, the law firm is Dumas and McPhail. Okay, so now that we got that all cleared up, let's start looking at the framework of what this 60-game season entails. What, what are the pieces they put together? We know that the 60 games was not an agreed-upon number that Rob Manfred had the right based on the March agreement to say, okay, here's how many games we're going to play. And remember all that time, it was like 48 to 50 something. So now they went to a 60. How's it, how's that all going to work out? If you were hoping to see the nationals play the Dodgers, maybe for some redemption for the Dodger fans, if that won't happen this season, because with the schedule, the teams are going to play 40 games against their divisional foes. So 10 apiece and then 20 interleague games against their 
geographical equivalent. So for us, the sibling rivalry really will come out when the Dodgers and the Angels play. Right, because they'll play, what, uh, six games? I think it's total? about six. Yeah. Because that would be 20 or four. Is it six? No, four. Is that four games? Four games. Uh, 20, because... Yeah, 20 interleague games against the geographic. Yeah, so about, yeah, four games. Four games each against. So the, the NL West will play the AL West four games each there. And then the 10 other games will be against. Okay. Which makes sense. You always end up playing the most in your own division. True. But that also means better than redemption of Dodgers versus Nationals. We get Dodgers versus Astros. I know. And everyone's been looking forward to that. Now, going back, Kinley Jansen has recently said it's not it's not cool to throw at the Astros. And I really like Kinley Jansen, but I got to disagree with him on this one. Well, here's what I got to say about Kinley Jansen. You're not a starter. Who cares what you think? You won't throw till the end of the game. By then, nobody's going to be throwing at him anyway. Well, you by that time, right. And by that time, maybe they'll wave the white flag of surrender anyway. <laughs> There's that chance when every time they get up, they're thinking they're going to get hit. Of course, it could get to Kinley faster because all the starters will be, you know, here comes Clayton. Wham. Up, oh, you're <laughs> out of here, Clayton. Yeah, they all get thrown out. <laughs> yeah, the it'll only be. One that won't throw at him that's left is Kinley Jansen. That's it. It'll be exciting, I think, especially, yeah, to see the, the Astros. Not exciting that I want to actually see the Astros, just see what may be done to the Astros because they've gotten off light with 60 games. I think so too. So in this, uh, in the schedule, there's no doubleheader scheduled like for a long time during this, uh, the lead up in all the negotiations, we heard often there would be double headers, at least one or two a week so that they could get in as many games as possible. Now, as we've talked about before, we know that that's not whatever was truly wanted many, as many games as possible. The owners came up with a number collectively that they were willing to pay out and they settled in. If you looked at it, as we talked about the every single time the owners gave a proposal, it was always the same thing that came out to the same amount of money and never it never got more. So the 60 games is where that was the most they wanted to do anyway from the owner's standpoint. So with that. You're looking at 60 games. I thought I heard in 66 days or something like that. It's nine weeks. It's like a quarter if you're in school. So you get <laughs> your report card. <laughs> so so they'll get the they'll get the 60 days. And of course, that brings up a lot of questions about uh, best. I've seen it all over the place. What was the best teams in 60 games? And we'll talk about that later on. Maybe next week. This week we want to you know focus just on what we're going to see potentially when the game comes back, no double headers. A lot of that is for scheduling purposes is if there's a rain out, if for some reason a, a game is suspended for weather that they'll be able to push that to the next time they play or to the next, the next day for another game so that they're not uh, for two reasons. Number one, double headers mean they have to spend a lot of extra time at the ballpark and they don't want to do that from the medical standpoint. They pretty much want to get everybody in, get the game played, get everybody out, minimize any exposure. And then that's one thing too. All games, if they stop, they're suspended. They're not over. They're not, they won't start over at another time. They're suspended, which means that the next time that game is played, it'll pick up. So if it's the bottom of the fourth with two outs, that's where it will pick up from and go exactly. from there. It's like, so that, it's like Kramer and Newman playing risk. Right. It's never ending. <laughs> it never ends. It just picks up from where it was. And that's what, so that'll be, that'll be interesting. You don't see that. I haven't seen that happen in a long time. I've, I've, I've seen it before in the past, but it's been a long time. Those days off will come into play there. Actually, I think the West probably works out better because you have three dome stadiums. So the two in Texas and one in Arizona, and then 
Colorado, I don't know how their summers are, but maybe a little bit of issue with some weather as you get through. There's less issues with weather uh, for the five California teams. And then Washington would be the other place that would have for Seattle would be the other place. The East Coast, that would be a question because you do see, you'll see a lot of rainouts, probably more in the Midwest. So the Central may be more affected. And there's only one dome in the Central between the uh, the AL and the NL, Milwaukee. Milwaukee is, yeah, Milwaukee is I dome. I think that's it's- the only dome. And then in the East, it's just what, Toronto and Tampa? What about Marlins? No, are they? Is that a dome stadium? Yeah. I'm always too focused on the fact that there's nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> they and have then, to pay people to go. <laughs> right. That I, I never look to see. So the two Florida stadiums and then Toronto. And with the schedules, the Western divisions are going to have the most travel because they're going to have to go... Well, it's not a big deal because there's technically three time zones. I don't think, I think the central technically only leaves their time zone once to go to Pittsburgh, but really they're probably a pretty tight group over there as far as how quick it is. The East, they have to go up and down the coast, Toronto to Miami around New York. You figure the Mets and the Yankees don't go, don't have to go very far with the exception of going to Atlanta, Tampa, Miami, and Toronto. The rest of them, you figure Washington to Boston isn't that far. Yeah, most of them are, it's just going to be that I-95 corridor. They're going to be up and down. (laughs) Good. Quick little flight, since they're not going to be taking trains or anything, because that would be too much exposure. Yeah, too much. They need to have their private, a private flight. So the teams have already submitted their 60 player rosters for their summer warm-up. Their player pools. Oh, player pools, the right? Roster Not rosters. Is different. Yeah, because this yes. year, this year the rosters, it starts off 30 players on the roster, which that's a number we've heard all along. So that they, the beginning, they have a couple of extra players right there readily available. And then a couple of weeks, two weeks after that, it drops to 28 players on the roster. And then two weeks after that, it goes to what this season was supposed to be, 26 men on the roster. And then you have the 60-player pool, as you were mentioning. And then there'll be a three-man taxi squad that will travel with the team when they're on the road. One of the three has to be a catcher. And then they can decide what to do with the other two, whether it be two pitchers. For some teams, they may have to do that, a catcher, a pitcher, and a position player. For teams like the Dodgers an extra catcher and then a couple of pitchers probably works out better because you have so many players that you don't really need an extra. You got so many multi-talented, multi-positional players. I was a little disappointed that the Dodgers didn't sign Russell Martin for some bullpen help. I know he's the best pitcher on the Dodgers or was. I was really hoping it could still happen. Possibly. Now that things will be, transactions will be unfrozen. Players can be moved around or, or signed or, or whatever. Uh, one of the other things that are connected to the, uh, to the rosters and the player pool is that the limits on pitchers has been waived. So you can carry more pitchers than normal. You would normally not be able to carry as many pitchers. And I know like Joe Madden said, probably 50% of their player pool would be pitchers yeah it makes sense and i believe it was they now the the angels only had 55 players instead of a full 60 yeah i think the dodgers were at 51 when i looked at it but when you look at it the first time you look at it yeah lots of names some names that unless you really following minor league you may not know who they are so it'll be interesting to see where everybody ends up. I mean, I think you can kind of know your core players are going to be, they're going to be there. But you know, one name, I don't know why I forget him, maybe because he kind of just flies under the radar, but he's really good, is Matt Beatty on, of the Dodgers. Yeah. You why, know, you know he, we talk about it all the time and we always forget him, but he's, he's been, he's had some clutch moments. Yeah. And I was looking at the the roster or, you know, the pool and it's like, oh yeah, totally forgot. 
about Matt Beatty because he does, you know, he gets overshadowed. There's a lot of big guys, big names on the Dodgers, and but you need those those guys like Matt to come in to make those moments, and he's done that several times. Yeah, yeah don't don't let his wife know. I know. I, when she I read will that, tear you up on Twitter. I know. I love Matt, so, but he's just one of those guys, you know, like I said, he flies under the radar, but he's crucial to the team. So Mrs. Beatty, know that your husband is crucial he's, to the Dodgers. He's one of my favorites. You know, he, he yeah. would have been, he would have been a member of the stuntmen if he had been oh, part of that 88 team. Definitely. Yep. Right there. He'd be right in there with Mickey Hatcher. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that was one of the things when I was looking at the, at the names, it's like, how could I forget that? And then of course the, those guys that are, cause when you look at like catchers, there's, I think they had like Rocky four. Gale was the, was the name that stood out to me. Who's been on the major league roster before, but he's not really, he's just one of those guys. He's, he's, he's like a solid guy. He's cr- the crash Davis of the Dodgers organization. He's just been around for a while. Yeah. I don't honestly, it seems like it. I don't know how long he's been in the, in that, but he's, he's been around. He, you bring him up when you need him, you send him back. Yeah. So it'd be, I think it'll be interesting to see how the, um, I don't know what MLB's calling it, but we're going to call it here at SRBB, the summer warm up. I did see how see... that all goes. I did see some of the teams say summer camp. <laughs> I like summer warm up better. Summer I camp just, seems too cliche. Well, that and it sounds like they're going to be doing, you know, crafts. And are they going to come home with popsicle birdhouses? I was Back just watching Tony necklaces. Yeah, I was just watching. Um, What'd you uh, do today? We went out. Trap. We we swam in the lake. We canoed. We had the summer camp regatta. That's right. Because that's the only time you can really use that term regatta is uh, during the summer. And it's either with some ritzy club or summer camp because it's summer summer camp. Then it's. Yeah. And at summer camp, they would have like the cardboard box regatta. So, right. You know, it would be something like that. And it could be fun for the teams, but summer warm up is way better. If it's if they're going to do summer camp, the official song of summer camp for MLB would have to be Hello Mudda, Hello Fada. <laughs> that would be great. If you've never heard it, look it up. We know what the, how the schedules are going to work. We know the basics of the player pool and how the roster is going to work. Now let's take a look at some of the rules that will be unique to the 2020 season. Let's hope that term stays in place. Unique to the 2020 season. Yes. Universal DH, no National League pitchers will hit. And I know that that's disappointing to some of the pitchers, especially Dodger pitchers, Clayton Kershaw, Ross Stripling, you know, those guys, they like to get out and, and hit. And David Price, he would have been able to. to uh, right. He's never, he's never hit now, in his career. And he. And he can't, not at least this season. Um, and, then, uh, and another guy who is actually one of those guys that I'm sure if he wasn't a pitcher, he would take hitting more seriously. Madison Bumgarner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He likes to hit and he's hit he well. Yeah. He's hit several home runs. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about him. The other one is, and this is unique to the 2020 season. And as you say, should stay in you know, whatever happens in the MLB 2020 season stays in the MLB 2020 season. Base runner placed on second at the start of every half inning in extras. So starting at the, the top of the 10th. Yes. You and have- that runner is the player who made the last out in the inning prior, correct? Yes. So if, and obviously this wouldn't be the case in a tie game, but if the last out was made by Ross Stripling in the bottom of the ninth, he gets to be on second to start. Of course, if Ross Stripling is batting in the bottom of the ninth, which we know is not going to happen because there's a universal DH, but if that were the case, let's say Dave Roberts pinch hit with Ross Stripling and he makes the last out. I think Andrew Friedman, somewhere between 
the last out of the ninth and the Dodgers coming to bat in the bottom of the 10th, Dave Roberts will no longer be the manager. <laughs> okay. If so he bats who... Ross Stripling in the bottom of the ninth as a pinch hitter, <laughs> tied game, you know, oh, yeah. are you going for the win? But Thanks, Dave. Know. Now we have to spend more time at the ballpark. We're all going to get COVID-19. We're all going <laughs> to die. And that's the end of the season. Thanks, Dave. And we call you Doc. Uh, I think uh, choices will be a lot different this year. It's going to we'll, be easier for the National League. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. The AL doesn't matter. I mean, they have a, they have a DH, so it it's hasn't changed usual. anything. Yeah. But it's not something that I would like to see continue or be, you know, because it there is the distinction between the American League and the National League. And it, it makes that special because then when you do go into the playoffs and the World Series, who's the, the National League? Who are they going to use for their DH? And then for the American League, their pitchers hit. And then you might find somebody that maybe, maybe takes batting practice but is a really good hitter. So I like that kind of stuff. So in the 2020 season, I will allow it. <laughs> I'll get my gavel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The queen has spoken. <laughs> the angry fan has agreed. Yes. Yeah. It takes a lot out of the, out of the strategy. I mean, it's a different strategy, I guess, but now things like double swaps, aren't going to happen where you you're taking out a pitcher and you take out a position player, you swap players out. So that way you can put the, the pitcher in a later batting spot. Those little nuances of the game gone with a universal DH. And I'm not even still sure why we're worried about that. You have built in with the 60 player pool with a, a larger roster at least to start, why does that need to change? I don't know. I don't get why it needs to change. I know they're going to say for injury issues or to prevent those. How many times, and we'd have to go back and look, I don't know off the top of my head, but how many times a pitcher has been injured at bat or on the bases? It doesn't happen that often. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I can't think of any, any time that it's been an issue. I think that this was one of those things that baseball's wanted. They threw it in there. And unfortunately, I think it's probably going to continue on. It won't be in play for the 2021 season, I don't think. But it could because some of the stuff that's going on connected to this season may carry over into the next season because they know that what happens this season directly affects next season. And yeah. then we have a new CBA coming up after that. Well, in one way, if you're looking, I think we talked about Justin Turner being a free agent. You know, he's getting older. He's still a good third baseman. But if they kept the universal DH, then that would be a good reason for JT to stay a Dodger because he could be the DH. Well, and that that's one way it definitely changes how National League teams look at their rosters and who they do because now used to be, Oh, that guy's getting to this point. He'll go to the American league now so he can DH for a few years because he could still hit, but he can't field like he did something to that effect. Now across the board, every team can do that. So you're going to see, and I think at that point we'll see a bigger piece of history when we see DHs for now, look how long it took before somebody who was considered a DH in Edgar Martinez who was a good third baseman as well, but as his career ended, he became more of that DH, made it into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. A lot of people look at David Ortiz as more of a DH. Yeah, that's true. So I think as that goes, DHs will become more prominent than they are now going forward in the history of things. And then looking back at that rule, which is a it's a minor league thing. They tried it out in the minor leagues with the runner starting out second base in extra innings, which I understand that's supposed to be a catalyst for ending the game early. Why not just do that? How about a ghost runner on third? Why don't we play like we do out in the sandlot, you know? And if you, and then, and then how about this? Why don't we remove one of the outfielders? And if you hit the ball to right field or you hit the ball to left field, because there's nobody there, that's an off field. It's an automatic out. 
Oh, just play right. that like we used to out in the schoolyard when we yeah. didn't have enough people for a full team. I like that. I think. How about why not? this? In episode seven, we talked about ties. Uh, what was her name? Britt Garoli? Yeah, Britt Garoli. She did the article. Was it for, for The Athletic? Go back and listen to episode seven, which I'll have to now because I, you know, I remember <laughs> talking about it, but I don't remember how it all framed out. But well, it started out as a tweet or she was responding to a tweet about Thai games. She wrote this article and this guy in Arizona who's been a, like 82, I think his name's Bob. Um, yeah, he okay. said, yeah, he said, yeah, let's do ties and if it would be a point system. Yeah, like like hockey. Mm -hmm. Depending on how it works, I think it was one point, you know, no points, zero, two points. So I'd have to go back and look think, at my notes. I, I, I think that the basics of it is that if you put somebody on second base, there's no guarantee that they're going to score a run. So you could still have an 18 inning game, even by putting someone on second base every inning. And if, if the idea is, is that we want to make the game more exciting, which is where some of these different ideas came from, and we wanted to do something different just to, because we knew that there were going to be issues with the 2020 season, we need to combine two of the ideas that we talked about, which weren't our ideas, and we're willing to give credit to where those ideas came from, not just steal it and post it and act like it's your own, Sarah Langs. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. The two things I think we ought to do this season, at the end of regulation, which is the bottom of the ninth, the game is tied. We go to Justin Turner's home run derby. I was just thinking that that would be that's a great idea, even though people they poo pooed it when he came out with it. But we're we're doing whatever. We're only doing 60 games. Is this really a real season? This mm -hmm. is more like an exhibition season. Yes. Yeah. And I saw somebody put up a Twitter poll the other day that said, if the Dodgers win the 2020 World Series, is it a real championship? And of course, all the Dodger fans came out and go, yes. So it's like 90% yes. I, even though I would love to see the Dodgers win, regardless, if they won this exhibition season, I'd still be happy about it. But it's, I just don't, you know. Yeah, I have to agree with that. It's not the same. It, it, it's, yeah. And so why not do something like that? Come out, do the home run derby. And if at the end of the derby, how, whatever it is, five and five, I think was his idea. Five players from each time, or was it, it was three players from each team and five outs a piece or 10 pitches or something to that effect. If at the end of that, it's still tied, whether it be nobody hitting home runs or each side hit the exact same amount of home runs, then you can go to here. We're going to send our two best out for one more round. And if it ends up tied at that point, the game is a tie. And you do that point system was pretty well laid out. I mean, to the point that even if you don't believe in ties, because baseball has been a game that was never designed to be like any other game and ties are not a part of that. You, at least in this season and, and tell me that if, if you're worried about exposure and too much time in the ballpark, just putting somebody on second base, like I said, it could still go, it could be 20 innings. It could, but I have a suggestion. This comes from Planet Head. He helps us with uh, production, does some producing for us. This is from Jeff Passan, who that's, writes... That's what we're saying he does now? <laughs> that's what he wants me to say. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting paid for that? Because if not, you need to get paid for that. <laughs> and if you don't want to get paid for it, you could say it. Send me the check. <laughs> Actually, I'll give you my Venmo. Okay. <laughs> Just... Yeah, so Planet Head, he has great ideas all the time. But going back, so MLB is going to have COVID-19 specific inactive list that players will be placed on if and when they test positive or show symptoms. According to Jeff Passan, it says there will be no set amount of time for the player to set out, unlike the injured list, which requires hitters to miss at least 10 days. Having this information, Planet Head suggested for a team, for every player that they have that has COVID-19, 
the other team gets a run. So that could help. I think, yeah, because if you go back, you play the game. If your team wins, it'll be, it's like a protest. You know how when you protest, if your team wins after you protested, then it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. But if you lose and you go forward, that could be this case. Yeah. Okay, we're all done. And at the end, all right, you had this many players test pot and you had this many. Okay, you have more, they win. Yes. And the other suggestion he had is as they're lining up, on the field. I don't know. Well, they'll have to be six feet apart as they line up for the national anthem. They'll have their temperature checked. They'll have their temperature checked anyway, but it'll be an additional temperature check. So just to confirm before game time. So before they come into the stadium, temperature check. Yes. And then on the baseline pregame ceremonies, a second one, maybe that too could work out. If you get removed from the second temperature check and you get disqualified that's automatically a run for the other team yeah or or they get a runner on second and third to start every inning yeah it could be either it could be a run or it could be they get some kind of advantage going forward we're gonna have to change it to the mlrb major league ridiculous baseball Well, the dugouts are going to look different because players and the other personnel, team personnel that aren't participating are going to be sitting in the stands. That's what I understand. Will that happen? I don't know. They have to be separated by at least six feet. So, Right. So not only do you have those kind of things, those social distancing things, which we talked about in the past, how baseball is a more social distance game than the others like football and basketball, which just as a brief aside, baseball basically ended up at a point that everybody knew they were going to get to. And I believe Trevor Bauer, who's had issues with things all along, basically said, hey, we've screwed ourselves out of a lot of baseball here and and more money, even if it wasn't what we wanted, just for this shortened exhibition season. Most of us, as, as far as sports fans go and baseball leaners, I looked at it that baseball would come back around the beginning of July and we'd have almost a full month of baseball before anybody else came back. Now, baseball, if all goes well, because like we said, there's still a couple of parts that are contractual things with the players that have to be worked through, which could cause this to all fall apart. Obviously, we know all the other things about the coronavirus and things like that that could cause a problem without it being contention uh, of an agreement or a contract between the league and the players. But baseball should start on the 23rd with a couple of games. I've been hearing rumors that they're they're talking the Yankees and the Nationals to start on the 23rd. There'll be two or three games like like they used to do opening day. There'd be one game that Sunday night or Monday night and then Tuesday everybody else would start playing. Yeah, it's going to be like the prime time game. So they're going to do that. Then everybody else will start on the 24th. And then a week later, the NBA returns. Once again, provided no issues happen with them either. And they're doing the bubble. But instead of instead of baseball taking advantage of a full month of nobody else, now we're going to get to a point where the NBA games are going to start. And obviously, the with only 60 games, every game counts here too. It's almost like being in the, the stretch run of a season chasing a pennant everybody's chasing the pennant to start so every game's important but we're going in with the nba is coming out with the last few games for seeding into the playoffs so those games are even more important more intense i think they've once again baseball missed out on a on a prime opportunity they really did because now we go from no sport and now it'll be like sports overload where you have baseball and basketball. And of course, we've talked about, you know, the golf and NASCAR and other sports have come are out there. But now you really will be able to maybe have to do pitcher and pitcher if you're watching a ball game, a baseball game and a basketball game. But what if you prefer basketball to baseball? See, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that, that you look at when you look at sports and how it goes. Baseball's always had the biggest part of the year to itself. Basketball, by the time you get into playoffs, the playoffs in basket in the NBA end in June. So there's that little bit and baseball's starting to pick up from there. You're really getting in. People have established. You've got, you know, things going by then because you've been playing for a couple of months. 
And then they don't deal with anything until the beginning of the NFL season comes up. So they have large pieces of time when they're there. Think about like when the All-Star game happens, right around the All-Star game, there's always a few days when there's absolutely no sports. Yeah, that's in the middle yeah. of summer. Baseball fills that void. So there's people who will watch a certain sport during that season. So people who there are people who watch baseball who are huge football fans and will watch football before they'll watch a baseball game. NBA, the same thing. So now we're going to put all three of them into the mix at the same time. I'm not sure when the NHL opens up into their playoffs, but then you throw that in. So all of a sudden, instead of saying, okay, well, it's baseball season, we'll watch baseball until football season or when the playoffs are over for the NBA. Now it's all right there. What will people choose? Yeah, it will be interesting to see. I know I will always choose baseball. Always. Right. Well, but when you have the multi-sports fans, yeah, which one are they going to watch? And I would have to say for the NBA, because they're going to be going into, they're mainly it's the playoffs, the championship, I would see where people might be more apt to, especially if they're a bigger ba- basketball fan, want to watch those games then. Well, and right here in LA, we have two of the basketball teams, we NBA teams, favorites to go to the finals, the Lakers and the Clippers. The Lakers, this is their first playoffs in seven years. And there are people who are equally large Laker and Dodger fans. But if it's a matter of watching the Lakers win what's more of a legitimate title than the Dodgers win an exhibition title, people are going to go to that. The Lakers, and you know, you can watch both. You could. Uh, It's doable. Pitcher and pitcher. Right. Use it. (laughs) All right. So while all that's going on, and I'm sorry for my little aside rant there about that, but I just was like, come on, baseball. What are you, what have you been doing? Why? So with the rule changes, the big rule changes, obviously we've talked about some of the little things that are going to be happening, I guess are less rule changes and more under the health and welfare code. Things like bringing your own personal equipment and retrieving your own equipment. No more are the days where you get stranded out at second base and another player brings your hat and glove and glasses and whatever you need out to you. You got to run yourself all the way back and grab your, your own stuff and take it back with you. No more contact with other players' gear. Yeah, no spitting. No chewing of tobacco or sunflower seeds or a combination, which just sounds gross. Which gets me that they can, they could chew gum though, which I'm sorry, chewing gum, you work up saliva. So you got to swallow all that. If you, you know, people aren't used to it. Players aren't used to it. Guys in general aren't used to it. Yeah. And then of course they put this in here, but you know, you've mentioned it. Baseball is a social distance game already, but a minimal distance between base runners, fielders, coaches, and umpires. So that would be first base. You've got the first base coach, the first baseman, and then runner on on first. What's the distance there? And do you even, you know, do they try to steal? How many stolen bases will there be? It'll be interesting to see. I was just thinking about that as you were saying that. You have that third base you can have a similar situation, not so much with the third baseman necessarily, but the base coach and the runner and then stolen bases, things like that. How close is the second baseman or the shortstop going to try to cheat in behind on a pickoff play? Mm-hmm. And then a ball will be thrown out once it's been touched by multiple players. There's going to be wow. a plethora of baseball so <laughs> buckets and buckets last week you said that baseball you know was like the average time in game was like seven pitches this right. may be one pitch per ball it could be they might just have to put a bucket of balls by the pitcher <laughs> speaking of the pitchers they need to bring their own rosin bags and then they're allowed to have a damp cloth in their pocket so instead of licking their fingers for a little moisture as they as they do, uh, they can just reach back into their pocket, get a little that file off a nail, and uh, <laughs> okay, sorry, Joe. I was thinking Joe Necro, um, <laughs> or any other knuckleballer. Yeah, it, it's gonna it will be interesting. The other thing that's really gonna be interesting to me 
is the mound visits. So mound visits will be social distance and the man, you know, they'll wear masks. It'll be up to the umpire to decide how it all works, I guess. There aren't going to be any fans in the stands. So, you know, normally you've got the catcher and the pitcher and they have their mitts in front of their, you know, they has got this catcher's mitt in front of his face and the pitcher, you know, so they you can't see what they're talking about. If Dave Roberts or Joe Madden are six feet away from the mound there's, with there's their no mask on. Are they going to be playing the music like they normally do? You know, they'll they'll come up like Dieter Rule will play something, you know, on the organ, whether he's being snarky or just, you know. Like the Jeopardy um, theme song or something. All those different, yeah, all those different things. <laughs> will those be going on? Because that might help. Otherwise, what does the umpire do? Mound visit. And at mound visit, all players stick fingers, their fingers in their ears. Yeah. La, 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 they're talking on the mound, and I can't hear what they're talking about. He's going to throw a curveball to the next. The only people that the only people that really works for is the Astros because they're going to be cheating, you know. Yeah, they'll be listening. They'll probably they'll, they'll have, have listening like those, devices. Yeah, they'll have the headphones and those. Like this, I'm thinking of um, when I was uh, little, I you really like to watch the reruns of Get Smart, and right. they'd have the headphones, and they'd have that, like, big – it's like a plastic looking like dish. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and they'll be in the dugout. Pointing it. <laughs> they know we're cheating. Why do we yeah. even make a big deal about it? <laughs> they'll have some, maybe somebody in the fa- in the stands because, you know, that they're not participating. They're not in the game, but they're part of the team that they'll be a designated person for the Astros. <laughs> You know what I hear? You know, I can hear Dieter Rule playing in that empty, quiet stadium. Voices carry. Like, <laughs> till Tuesday. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it, this, whole, this, this whole season will be, you know, I, it'll be interesting for one thing. We've been talking about, you know, when's baseball coming back? And at, at one point, we're just, you know, like it comes back it comes back and when i heard yeah we're 60 games they got a season and i look on social media and everybody's like yes baseball's back i can't wait and i'm just kind of like meh okay which is really sad because i love baseball and i'm gonna watch it and i know once they start playing it's gonna be exciting right but the whole process has just been meh uh, Okay. Yeah, it, it, it really drained the wind out of our sails as far as this goes. And it still this this season has the opportunity to be one big blooper reel. <laughs> it could. It could. It could be the season that no one wants to remember. Season to forget. And it's gonna be interesting too as we see. Rosin bags. Players have to bring their own bat donuts, the weights for their mm-hmm. for their bats, tar, pine tar and rags. They're going to have to carry all their own stuff. So now they're carrying extra stuff that's normally just out there. What happens when a player forgets his? He's going to have to bat without it. Yeah, he can't. And you can't use somebody else's bat. You know, that's happened. How many times have you heard, you know, so-and-so gets up to bat and he's been in a slump, but the veteran player on the team is like, use my bat. You'll hit a home run. And, and it, he do. does. Yeah, right. and he does. None of that is going to happen this time. No, there'll be no, there'll be no stories like that. And then what was the deal? You were telling me the other day about the, the balls. Uh, batting practice balls and things like that. Here's all the the pieces that we have to do. Something like uh, once they're done with batting practice, they have to be exercised by a priest and and um, you know exercised or excised. I don't know. Can they get exercise getting hit around the park? Yeah, holy water has to be thrown on them. I don't know. They have to be sanitized. They have to be sanitized. And and so there's going to be, yeah, somebody has to do that. So all of those. And I guess, too, the um, baseballs, after so many times of being touched, 
are they going to throw those balls out? Are they going to sanitize those? Will they have a bucket of, you know, bleach or, you know, how is that going to work? Right. Well, that'll be the question. And, and that's another piece of this pie is that normally you have the ball boy. So who's going to bring the balls out to the umpire or will the umpire go get his own ball? Right. Well, will Will there be there? I'm sure there's going to have to be some, whether it be a bat boy or be somebody else that's designated that, but they take those balls when they're thrown into them and throw them in a bucket. And I think they either become some of them, they look at it and they're, they're reused throughout the game. And some of them are set aside to become batting practice balls or infield balls. What happens in, they're going to need a whole nother thing. And what if they confuse the buckets? Are they going to have to do like a red bucket? You know how like when they do the hazardous waste, yes. biological waste that have a have that biological <laughs> symbol on the bucket so they know. And like like they do with the what is it a sharps container where you put the 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 used needles in. The, they'll have a, like a little thing with a ball, you know, just a hole in it big enough for a ball. You throw the ball in, and mm-hmm. then they just stay down in there. What about the ball boys just wear hazmat suits? Well, they could do that. They're, that or, way they're fully protected. Yeah. And so then they could bring the balls to the umpire. Because that's a lot you think in between. Oh, I don't have, you know, because how much an umpire's pouch that he has holds how many balls? Yeah. Three, I, I don't know. Four. No, really, I've seen him take like, bring out like five or six balls. Okay. And, put them in. and he usually has, a lot of umpires have two pouches. Oh, they have two. But he's so, going to need a whole like backpack. Yeah. And a then bag. maybe what he needs is like something like a, like a pack on the back with like a little cannon, you know, like those cannons, they shoot the, um, t-shirts. they shoot the t-shirts in and then it'll just automatically like the pitching machine. It'll just automatically throw the ball out when they need a new ball. So that way it li- minimizes his touching. I like that. Balls. That's a good idea. That's another way to sanitize. I, I, I think and to be minimize, in- minimize contact. Yes, yes. Now, I was thinking of, of the stands, and they said, you know, the players that aren't playing or the team personnel, they're going to be in the stands. I did see, I think it was in the Korean baseball. I know they have used stuffed animals. And just recently, they had cardboard cutouts of the Tiger King. Um <laughs> In the, in the stadium, so it, teams could have some fun. Well, they could do that, and then game. wasn't it in Taiwan when they started playing? They had like robots up yes. in there, and then they would run the chants, and because there's a lot of drums, uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. they would do all that stuff. So, and then in the Korean baseball, they had their cheerleaders or cheer squad or whatever they call them still on top of the dugouts still cheering to the empty stadium so that they could continue to create some of the atmosphere yes so So, i I, (laughs) we did talk about a lot of rally monkeys like fifty thousand rally monkeys at, at angel stadium yeah that or one of the ideas from the I don't remember which, uh, was it a producer was talking about holograms where fans could pay to have their holograms. Right. We talked about that in, yeah. uh, in one of our episodes about different ways for the stadium to look. And that was one of them where you could have holograms in there or they could make the rest of it just CGI in a sold out crowd and the noise. They can pipe in the crowd noise. They were doing mm-hmm. that in Korean baseball. Uh, I haven't seen, but uh, Japanese baseball league has started. Have they? Are they? What are they doing? I haven't seen yet. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but... what they're what they're doing. But I mean, the Dodgers will have it taken care of with Dieter Rule, DJ Severe. They'll be there. So yeah, it will be. It'll be interesting to see. And uh, with the players being scattered, some of the players and being scattered among the stands it will definitely be interesting if nothing else i believe that is true like i said this could be uh, instead of uh, what's a one of the car manufacturers does uh, around christmas time this could be a season to remember because you got a new bmw a or whatever i think it, yeah. <laughs> one of them 
uh, <laughs> one of them, it starts with a B, I'm sure. This will be a season to forget, potentially. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be some fun stuff, and I'm with you. As soon as the, the games start, on the 23rd, when we watch, if, if it really is the Yankees versus the Nationals, and it's Garrett Cole in his first game as a Yankee versus Max Scherzer, the conquering hero, and they're going to play in Washington, I think right there that'll set the stage. If it comes out to be a great game and you don't notice all of the pieces that aren't there and the little and these things that we've been talking about don't seem to be such a big deal. And I know there's going to be games when they're probably going to stand out more than others. And some of it will stand out a lot at the beginning and then we'll get used to it. And just as we get used to it, the season will be over. There's all those, all those things. We're probably just going to say, okay, whatever. We're going to get, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to hope that there's no extra inning games. And we're going to hope even more. I'm going to hope anyway, that if there is an extra inning game, just so it blows up in Rob Manfred's face, those extra inning games go 20, 22 innings or something, break extra inning records so that they realize putting a man at second base is the dumbest idea <laughs> ever. Well, anything that will put another notch on the make Rob Manfred look dumb uh, stick works. Is there any more room on that stick? I don't think so. And I it was a whole limb. Stick. It was a limb. He's got and a whole it's... forest going on. <laughs> he does. He does. The other question that's going to going to play in big time with this season is how all these things and especially the virus affect the players. Because right now we know that there's a lot of spikes going on in different places. And depending on where you're at, depending in some cases depending on your political affiliation, you believe the things that are happening either aren't happening or they are, and they're caused by A or B or C. There's all these different things. We know that there's some areas like Arizona and Florida that are seeing a spike. That's why a lot of the teams that usually would use Arizona for their training camps are not going to Arizona. I know that the Dodgers, and I haven't heard this is official, but they were going to use the USC baseball facilities for their pool players. The Angels are using... Cal State Long Beach baseball facilities for there. How are the players ultimately going to be affected by this? And as we saw, like just before all of it was announced or around the time that that they were saying that the the 60 day the 60 games was being implemented, we started seeing a lot of teams reporting positive tests, whether it be from players, from staff. We know that the Phillies had the most at their facilities. And we know that a lot of these facilities, they're doing everything the way they're supposed to do. As far as we know, they're doing everything right per the guideline. Yeah, and it I, still happened. Yeah. And I, uh, the Dodgers have had, according to Andrew Friedman, have had some people, I don't know who, test positive. And the one I feel really bad for is because his name was out there. The, I mean, I, I don't know if it was the Rockies who put it out there. But like Charlie Blackman, <laughs> like, yeah, Charlie Blackman has COVID. And I don't know, that just made me kind of feel bad for him that he was the, he's like the poster boy for the MLB coronavirus, I guess. Right. I think he's, every he's team. He's the only name that came out. I mean, there were other, other teams just said, because even the Dodgers, they said we had two players. They didn't say what players. They didn't even say were these major league players or minor league players? There was nothing specific about it. Right. The Phillies said that a couple of the players were major league players, but they didn't say which ones. I know. That's why I felt bad for Charlie. I like Charlie. I know he plays for the Rockies, but maybe that's one of the beefs that Nolan has. They just throw you under the bus. Well, maybe Charlie wanted to do that. Charlie's a man of the people. He is. The fans love him there. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how it all plays out. The teams that have come out and said, yes, we've had players affected or we've had team personnel affected. I'm sure that every team has had somebody or in somewhere in the organization. But that also brings up 
another point about the 20 this 2020 exhibition season is players can opt out so will there be players that opt out from even playing the season because of either their own health issues or maybe family members health issues could come into play and i haven't heard anybody the only one i've heard so far where he was asked the direct question was joe kelly i mean his wife just had twins i think they're probably a couple of months old now and he said no he was gonna play well i know like when the pool list came out there were a lot of a lot of tweets especially among the angels writers it's out mike trout's on the list well mike trout's gonna be on the list He's going to yeah. come out he's going to play unless it becomes a point that he doesn't feel it's safe. That's going to be the case for everybody. We're not going to see until we get a couple of days into this summer warm-up. Mike Trout is, yeah, he's the one, and I did see that. People are like, yes, he's on the roster. He's on the roster. Garrett Cole was on the roster for because those <laughs> were two guys whose names were were brought up quite a bit. Yes. Now, Mike Trout will be interesting to see because they his wife is expecting their first child in August. I think it's middle of August. Not sure on the date. If they start playing July 23rd, 24th, and then she, you know, depending on the due date, how is she going to have the baby? She could have the baby either before. I mean, you don't know. Babies are unpredictable. <laughs> And they come when they want to come. Either we'll- way, he's looking at a short time of playing from season starting to whenever he's going to leave for maternity type leave. Or yeah. or even, especially depending on how the schedule, because the schedule's not been officially out there. We know what the structure of the schedule is going to be. But what it actually is, they're taking their time with it because they don't have to sell tickets to anything. So they're not worried about about that side of it. And I'm sure they're trying to work it out so that when you travel to a West Coast tra- team or even the Texas teams or any of the teams, if if the team travels to Texas, say the Dodgers go to Texas to play the Astros, they'll probably work it out for them to go and play the Rangers in that same trip to minimize the amount of time. So they're on the road for that time frame. But it's just boom, boom. Let's get yeah, it. Yeah, it would make sense. We'd hope that that so would. So they're probably be the trying case. to work that out. Plus, if there's any other, I don't know what else there could be. I know at one point, I think you mentioned it the other day that if they were to do it in person, Milwaukee is the site of the the DNC convention this year. Yes. The, yeah, the Republican like the convention is not a problem. So right. So Mike Trout's going to leave. And then Milwaukee's going to have to play somewhere else. <laughs> well, but that doesn't. <laughs> Milwaukee and Mike Trout, they don't even go together. <laughs> no, they don't. Mike Trout wouldn't look good in a Brewers uniform anyway. No. But could you imagine that team, Mike Trout, Christian Yelich? Oh, yeah. The two of them. That would be good, but not in Milwaukee, not in Milwaukee. No, I think Christian Yelich would be good in Anaheim. Yeah, they, that would be good. Then you got the Yelly Belly horse. Well, that they would be, play. If he, you know, now that, that Mookie is there, who would play if you got him, if you got Yelich to come to the Dodgers? Oh, yeah. Imagine that outfield. Or <laughs> would you move? Belly to first and Mookie and, and Yelich out there. My goodness. <laughs> oh, I don't even think you need three. to play anymore. You could just like go, okay, Dodgers win. <laughs> well, so that brings, you know, we might, we mentioned Mike Trout and the uh, birth of their child, uh, Garrett Cole. They have um, a child that's due. Now this is, he's doing the baby's due in June. I don't well, you know. Just said they come when they want to come. But they want, yeah, they exactly. Got another day or two or three or four. Or four. <laughs> yep. Or five um, or six. Zach Wheeler, he's plays for the Phillies now, and his first um, child is due in July. But he's a pitcher, 
it might not be as big of impact for him because he's a pitcher and he's not going to take as much time. The Sean Doolittle of the Nationals, I think his wife has some... Right, she's immunocompromised. Yeah, so there's a lot of those players, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say, oh, well, he's just a pitcher. His time out on the field... But he's a reliever. True, so he'll be out there more. a starter. A starter, you could say, okay... We'll just extend out. But that's the thing. Once you leave the team to go for whatever, let's say it's the birth of a child or some other family thing, is there a two-week quarantine when you come back? Well, I would think so. I mean, that would make sense. Plus, this is interesting. If you're traveling from another state and then you're going back to your home state because of the birth of a child or something like that, would you, you would have to quarantine, you have to quarantine when you're there and then quarantine when you get back. Because there are some states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut right now that have, you know, if you're coming from this state, a particular state that has a, you know, is have seen a peak in their cases, you have to automatically quarantine anyway. I would think, though, that there's going to be a waiver for the players because think about it. In New York alone, the East Coast, they're going to be going into the hotbeds of Florida to play. And those teams are going to come to New York. True. Yes. So you couldn't have the whole team quarantine because the governor said. Yeah, two weeks. And figure that if you have to quarantine for two weeks before two weeks after you've missed a month, that means you will have only played a month and maybe a half. Not even that, a month and a week, five weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. So I, things like that, I think they're going to have to, maybe they just need to put them all in a bus. When you leave the stadium, you wear astronaut suit, hazmat suits. You get on a bus, it's in a bubble, and they take you wherever you're going. With all the moving parts, there's a lot of chances for issues to arise. And I believe that every single one of the players, regardless of their situation, whether it be Sean Doolittle and his wife, there's been players that have come out and said that they have children who are susceptible to things. And not just saying my kid has asthma. They're kids that have bigger problems. That they're all going to show up and they're all going to watch. And that's why I think you and I are a little bit more reserved about our enthusiasm for this because there's too many things that can happen between now and the season starting. As they see how things are going to be, we may see players during the summer warm-up opt out because they're not confident in the way their team is handling things, the way the league is handling things. And then when we get to games, we may see the same thing. One of my concerns is that if one of the teams, because right now with 60 games, you can find some part of a lot of seasons where a team started, well, last year's Nationals. If you look at their first 60 games, they're nowhere near the World <laughs> Series. Will any of these teams, let's say that the Orioles end up playing like the Orioles or the Marlins or the Tigers of last year, and they're out of it within the first week, what kind of baseball are they going to play? They know they can't win anything. They're playing out the string. The only reason they're playing is to get paid. The only people you're going to see elevating their games are guys who might be free agents who are are looking for a contract to start next year. So there's all those pieces. It's like, well, it's not even worth it. I'm just going to opt out. Why risk injury when we're not playing for anything? There's all those pieces of this puzzle that somebody took and is hiding from us and we're not able to put it together. Yeah, it's that one or two pieces that you couldn't find or you bought your puzzle at the thrift store and it's missing pieces anyway (laughs) and you'll never find them all the other pieces make sense as far as like here's what we're going to do here's how it's going to play because it's easy that's basic structure of everything how it all plays out will be when we'll find yeah that's how we're going to find out is when the players arrive and how these pieces work we know the game is going to be the game we know what the easy parts are putting a man at second base at the top of a 10th inning or, or extra innings is an easy part the problem is the health and welfare what happens the first time somebody forgets and high five somebody after a home run yeah or spits 
Ugh, or, yeah. <laughs> or, or they, you know, they win in dramatic fashion in the bottom of the ninth. They all, they forget and they start hugging each other. Uh, yeah. They all go to the, to home plate and are all crowding around. They're not six feet apart at home plate waiting to. And is the umpire going to be able to clear everybody out? No, you go back to your dugout or you go back to the upper deck where you were sitting. Those are the questions. When you're, you're taking some of that emotion out of it. And that's the question. Will it be on, on either side of it? Trevor Bauer said in a recent tweets, was all this worth it just to get to this point? We could have done, you know, there's bigger things coming up. We could have done this deal, been playing and not been a big deal. And on the other side of it, all it's going to take is for just even a small outbreak among the players for somebody to say, was this really worth it? I think that's the biggest thing for me is, with players and we've already seen reports come out where now of course the players are going to be tested so it's a little bit different but you've seen where people are like well it's my family i'm going to get together with my family and then the one one person infects 17 members of their right. family because they didn't know it'll be a little bit different from the ball players because they are being tested their temperatures will be taken but remember symptomatic true and i've read a couple of different places that they believe being the the experts so far that you're you can be your most contagious two days before you see any symptoms so they could test and they're not going to get test results back for 24 hours so you can come in have no temperature go in and play and be spreading the virus not knowing obviously which is the hard part about this this particular virus is is that you know when you have the flu you know you have the flu. Stay away from people. You get sick, you're coughing, you're sneezing, you're you're stuffed up and mucusy and all that stuff. A lot of times, like I said, somebody goes to a family gathering, 20 people, and then next thing you know, grandma and your cousin who's got cancer and who are already compromised. Yeah, so there's some... all, all of that. I, that's where I wonder if we're not seeing anybody opt out now because there's no reason to. We don't have all the information. As players, I think they're saying, and even managers, Joe Madden has said, I'm doing what I can to take care of myself. And I know that I'm I'm in that age group or I'm in that higher risk group, but I'm going to do all I can and I'm going to be there to be the manager. And if I get it, I get it and I'll deal with it. He doesn't think it's going to be an issue for him until we get to that point. We don't know. And you know, all of this, as we've said, this season is a huge season of what ifs. And until any of these things happen, we're not going to know what if. I think when we see the first pitch being thrown out, then I will believe that there will be a season. That'll do it for this week's Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Remember, you can find us on our website, SiblingRivalryBB.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at SiblingRivalryBB. We're also on Twitter at SiblingRivalryBB without the A. Email us, show at SiblingRivalryBB.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. Join us next week as we update the latest on the 2020 season and the summer warm-up. And was that Josh Fields selling pine tar and rosin bags on eBay? You're out!